Welcome to The People's Lawyer, a podcast from the National Association of Attorneys General, the nonpartisan organization representing America's attorneys general. In each episode, we'll explore the role of the 56 state and territory AGs as chief legal officers for their states and their work protecting the rule of law and the U.S. Constitution. Today's episode of The People's Lawyer is a special edition moderated by 2021 NAG President and District of Columbia Attorney General Carl Racine as part of his presidential initiative, The People vs. Hate, Standing Up for Humanity. Under General Racine's leadership, this initiative aims to increase awareness, prevent hate and hate-related violence, and support those who have been targeted by hate in any form. In this episode, General Racine sits down with Jeff Binkley to discuss the tragic story of his daughter, Mara Binkley, who was murdered by an incel violent extremist in 2018 when she was a college student at Florida State University. Incels, or involuntary celibates, are heterosexual men who blame women and society for their lack of romantic success, but also for their status in life. As a result, they believe women are the problem in society, should be controlled, and in some cases killed. Incels are the most extreme and dangerous on a spectrum of misogynist ideologies. Their websites and chat forums are misogynistic and flooded with violent ideation. Like most extremists, they radicalize online and some act out offline. According to the Anti-Defamation League, law enforcement officials believe violent incels have murdered at least 47 people in North America in the last six years. That number is likely low, given how little we know about incels. Since their daughter's death, Jeff Binkley and his wife Margaret have become advocates for expanded hate crimes laws and have partnered with Florida State University to increase awareness and research into the complex causes of this type of violence. Mr. Binkley discusses Mara's voice, the foundation he co-founded, and his work to implement change in the wake of his daughter's death in this episode. It's a real privilege for the NAG community to have a special guest today who we're going to interview, and that special guest is Mr. Jeff Binkley. Jeff is an extraordinary human being. We're going to talk about a lot during this conversation, and we're certainly going to talk about subjects related to hate, crime, and violence. Uh, Jeff and his family confronted that firsthand uh, with the awful killing of their daughter, Maura Binkley. Uh, Maura was murdered uh, by an individual associated with a group called Incel. We'll talk more about that group uh, in 2018 at a hot yoga studio in Tallahassee, Florida. Maura was a college student at Florida State University. Uh, she was a tremendous human being, had hordes of friends, loved uh, education, loved to travel. Uh, and certainly loved her community and her family. Jeff, on November 2nd, 2018, you and your family faced an unimaginable tragedy. Um, for listeners, of course, we've talked a bit about your daughter, Mora. She was killed along with a woman professor, and they were shot by a, a gunman uh, at a hot yoga studio. Before we talk about that attack, Jeff, I wondered if you would be willing to tell us more about Mora, how she lived her life, what her aspirations were, and fundamentally what she was about uh, as a fabulous young person. Mora was the light of our lives. 
And that pertains not only to her family, but her light brought so much to so many. Uh, she was always smiling, treating people in a caring and supportive way. She considered us all to be sisters and brothers, had no concept of the other. And after losing her, we had so many young people, primarily young women, uh, some her close friends, and some we didn't even know from her sorority and university community uh, come to us and tell us how she had literally changed their lives for the better uh, with her leadership, uh, which was grounded in how we treat each other. Samara had always brought people together, you know, from, from uh, Girl Scouts, uh, uh, Margaret, my wife, uh, Mar's mom, uh, had a Girl Scout troop uh, for, for a number of years. And, and these girls became very close friends through the Girl Scout troop, through grade school, middle school, high school, uh, where she edited the yearbook uh, for, for three years and, and uh, edited school newspaper and, 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 and within her sorority, uh, you know, very much the leadership, talk about leadership by example. And the example was, again, how she treated people, brought them together. Uh, Mara aspired ultimately to be a diplomat. Um, she believed in, in, in bringing people together uh, on, on, on a world stage. Uh, we all uh, inhabit um, the same home, this, 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 this world. And, uh, you know, she would have uh, been, after her graduation, uh, been heading to Germany for a a Fulbright Fellowship. We we did not know at the time we lost her that that she had been awarded this, mm. but she had, and uh, she would have been going to Germany and teaching. And then it was her intention to uh, uh, return to the U.S., uh, attend graduate school in international relations or something related, and then pursue that career uh, in uh, international relations and diplomacy. And reading about her, I was particularly intrigued uh, by that uh, that passion for bringing people together, uh, you know, and and desire to really lead uh, in that way as a diplomat. Um, the life of a diplomat is a hard life. They oftentimes have to leave family uh, to do what they do. Um, did did Mora get a special charge out of? Being abroad, did she share that with you? She definitely did, um, and and she was, you know, fearless about it. I guess her per first trip abroad uh, beyond, you know, North America and the Caribbean would would have been uh, in in high school with her uh, high school German class had a uh, exchange program with a uh, school in Nuremberg, Germany, and uh, we had a young lady come stay with us and. Uh, 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 Nina Larson and Margaret stayed with the Larsons in Germany and went to high school there. But she really did, you put it well, got a charge out of that international travel. Uh, she spent time uh, at the University of 
Uppertal, during her academic career, traveled throughout Europe uh, with, with friends. I can't even tell you how many different countries, different places. She met people from all backgrounds and in these places. And that was just so important to her. That was life to her. And, you know, we always wondered about that dis- diplomacy uh, uh, lifestyle, but, but Mara was, was, was unafraid of that. She engaged with the world. She clearly was an incredible daughter uh, and a friend. Um, if we can, I'm going to make a hard transition now uh, to the terrible events um, that occurred in November of 2018. Um, and I certainly understand that, you know, I'm asking you to relive a bit of uh, the trauma. Um, and so I thank you in advance for doing that. Um, please feel free to share with us what happened, how you uh, and your wife, Margaret, um, were informed of this. And then I can talk more about the steps you've taken since that awful occurrence. Yes, certainly. Um, it was, uh, as you said, November 2nd, 2018. Um, normal day uh, in the beginning. And I'll, I'll kind of shift between um, Tallahassee and our home in Atlanta. Um, you know, what happened there on the ground, as, as you know, uh, a member of the incel subculture with, with a long history long history of abusive uh, and even criminal behavior toward women had for some time planned an attack. He, he, he had looked at uh, other potential targets uh, where um, he, through his twisted ideology, um, could attack women and even girls, children. Um, And he, on that date, um, he chose a yoga studio um, from what we know from the police report based on, uh, of course, a a place where um, there were likely to be primarily women uh, and there was only one other male there uh, and a if you will, a uh, soft target. Um, he uh, came to the yoga studio asking questions. He, he, he was suspicious. Certainly he came in with a, a, a Walmart tag still on his yoga mat, knew little about it, uh, behaved strangely, uh, left and paced back and forth in front of the studio for a period, uh, came in, was admitted to the class. And once he got inside, uh, he pulled uh, a weapon, a uh, nine millimeter automatic pistol and started shooting. And had it not, had his gun not jammed and, and, and one young man in there, uh, Josh Quick, uh, had he not intervened to engage the attacker, um, you know, he, he could have easily um, taken the life of everyone in that room. Um, for us, a normal day, normal Friday afternoon into the evening, we were sitting in our den. Uh, I looked at my phone and saw uh, the name of one of her roommates and close friend's mother. Um, 
there was immediate concern. Uh, when you see that, you feel like something's happened. We got a call that there had been a shooting at a yoga studio and Mara was there. They really didn't know much of anything else. Um, so um, we were in touch with, with um, you know, her, her roommates, parents, uh, and trying to find what, out. And, and one of them let us know that, that Mara was taken to the hospital uh, in Tallahassee. So then uh, we got on the phone with the hospital, um, talked to them. We, we didn't really have any update. Uh, then we heard from the hospital in Tallahassee Police Department. And we heard that Mara had lost her life. Um, you know, we were making plans to travel to Tallahassee that evening. Uh, they told us there's really no no point. Um, so, so, so we, uh, um, you know, we waited overnight um, and, uh, and drove the next day. Thank you for sharing this, uh, Jeff. You know, the attacker uh, was at least influenced, if not a member of a group called Incel. Um, they, as you know, uh, are so-called involuntary celibate men, and they're violent um, extremists. He and others like him believe that women are the reason that some men don't succeed in life, and oftentimes their hate and vitriol extends to individuals who involve, engage in interracial relationships, uh, and so the spread race, uh, the hate spreads beyond a hate of, of women. Uh, they are misogynistic. Uh, they propagate on the internet, both open net and dark net, and encourage each other through their actions um, worldwide. We've seen violence here in the United States and Canada um, and elsewhere. Dozens of women have been murdered by these individuals, I should say, over the past several years. And Jeff, I know this threat was certainly new to me as I began studying hate and hate ideology. How did you become aware of incel? Had you... Had you become aware of that group before? And what do you now know that you can share to our NAG community about this incel group? Um, I was aware what an incel is through uh, news media reports, articles. I was familiar with the tragic shooting at UC Santa Barbara, carried out by Elliot Roger. Uh, who was a hero in incel circles. The Tallahassee shooter uh, openly admired him. In fact, he was referred to as, I believe, the supreme gentleman. What, what an ironic um, term. But I, I was certainly aware of the existence of incels and you know, basically what that subculture is about. 
Initially, we thought this was likely to be a domestic type issue. Uh, someone who was angry at a former or current significant other and came in to attack them and, and take their grievances out on other women. Uh, we didn't hear until uh, there were some memorial services on campus and some young women came up to us and said, hey, this person was a misogynist and an incel. And there are posts out about it uh, already uh, on their uh, sites on, on, on things like 4chan and 8chan and, and Reddit. Um, so, uh, you know, we started to, to, to then learn uh, more about uh, this individual. We learned more and more through talking to the Tallahassee police and, and started to talking to members of the university community um, who had uh, did, did uh, incel related research and were made made acquainted with them. So, I mean, when something like this happens to you, uh, you can have an extraordinarily fast learning curve regarding uh, everything about it. And and we certainly did. And and then the pieces began to to come together. Uh, you know, that this was a terroristic act of incel hate. Um, you know, everybody got that picture uh, very quickly. Um, you know, as we focused on, on hate, uh, it's been startling uh, to understand the, the gravity and depth and diversity of the movement. We've also seen where law enforcement, state and local, are not well positioned, and sadly, we've seen evidence that some don't have the will uh, to do what it takes to not only pursue the prosecutions, but most importantly, to accurately record the statistics. Mora's death was not included in the annual hate crime statistics uh, for hate offenses in 2018. As a parent, and now as a person who's knowledgeable of the, the hate space, how do you explain that? That's a good question. Um, I mean, the, 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 the simple explanation, why it wasn't in the report, was that uh, gender is not included as a victim class in Florida's hate crimes law even though there's been a bill to do so filed in the legislature, uh, this is either the fifth or the sixth year, um, nor is gender identity, by, by the way. Uh, so it, it differentiates in those senses from um, federal law. Uh, in the case of the Tallahassee Police Department, uh, they informed me that you know their decision not to report it, which they could have, um, plenty of Police departments here in Georgia reported hate crimes uh, without a hate crimes like, you know, uh, a law at all until um, uh, it came effective July of 2020, as, as we all know. Uh, but they chose not to in, in accordance with uh, the practice of Florida law. That made a lot of news around Tallahassee in Florida. Um, I, I think my comment at the time and has been since it was is very painful. Uh, to Mara's family and friends that, that 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 could not be recognized, not only in the personal affront, which which which, which it is, uh, but but also 
um, knowing the 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 risk of, of of further crimes and knowing how important uniform reporting is to improving you know our ability to 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 prevent these crimes. It just uh, it, it it's it's just a simple what I believe a, a technical fix. Uh, now now reporting is you know is is uneven across the country. And just having the same victim classes alone is not going to cure that. But I, I, I just cannot understand why that simple change could not be incorporated into Florida law. I completely agree with you. And I wonder whether you can um, you know, tell us what the latest is in regards to the momentum around including gender as a protected class for purposes of hate crimes in Florida. Um, you bet. Um, again, there's been a bill around to conform to federal statute for, for five years. Um, it was heard before the Florida uh, Senate uh, Criminal Justice Committee, um, and it did pass that committee on a 5-2 bipartisan vote um, I testified in support of the bill along, along with many others, including the, uh, Anti-Defamation League, Equality Florida, uh, Disability Rights Group, uh, Transgender Rights Group, um, and it passed. And, uh, the next stop would normally have been, uh, the, uh, uh Judiciary Committee, and the, the chairman of which was a committee member of criminal justice and, and did was a Republican who voted in favor. Uh, the bill has has bipartisan sponsorship that there are uh, one Republican co-sponsor in 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 the House. Um, but the Senate leadership in Florida re-referenced the bill to appropriations. Um, we don't really know why, because there was no appropriation request related to this, nor did staff reports indicate it would require any funding since it, it just added th these two uh, classes to the group. So right now, um, it would have to be considered by appropriations, and we're doing all we can to encourage them to consider it. In fact, uh, I just finished reading this morning a draft of a, of, of a uh a research brief that uh, a criminology professor associated with with our group, Mars Voice, and doing other research uh, uh, that we support, has completed uh, in, in in trying to to, to provide a, a complete factual overview of uh, hate crimes. Certainly, in in testifying before committees, there still remains significant misunderstanding about what hate crimes are and what they are, uh, what hate crimes laws can do among uh, policymakers and certainly among their constituents. And uh, we're hoping to uh, answer any of questions that, that have been raised, we've heard from Florida and other places, and show what uh, you know, research indicates uh, about these, uh, you know, issues or matters.
and fulfill our function with regard to education. So we're going to do everything we can to provide additional information to the process and hope that um, legislative leadership in Florida would advance the bill. Um, we, you know, we, we, we just don't know if that's going to be the case or not. Well, I appreciate you keeping us posted. Um, there are at least 15 states uh, that do not include gender as part of their bias-motivated crimes, of which Florida is one. It's encouraging that Florida has a process underway. And I know we at the uh, Attorney General's office here, focusing on combating hate, know how important it is to identify known classifications or groups of people who are targets. And we certainly know that women are. So you've got a strong advocate on that front um, here, and we'll continue uh, to push it in our room uh, with attorneys general. If we could focus, you've worked previously, um, did you not, in Georgia, as you indicated, uh, that's where your family um, lives. Um, Georgia, for years and decades, of course, did not have a hate crime law. Um, when did you begin your efforts working uh, on it in advance of that end? In the 2019 legislative session, um, you know, after losing Mara, we, you know, immediately started to engage both Florida and Georgia uh, leaders re regarding this issue and had a number of discussions. Georgia had had passed um, through its house uh, a hate crimes bill similar to uh, uh the, the the current law and and it was something again with 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 bipartisan support through the Georgia House uh, uh, you know it wasn't a uh, you know that, that I saw as a partisan political uh, thing uh, at all and and certainly shouldn't be uh, so so and, and talk to senators um, and it it never was heard in the Senate uh, that year um, and in Many of the things that, that that members of the Georgia Senate that we talked to that had reservations about it, particularly the chairman of their uh, judiciary committee, were, were very similar to what we've seen in Florida around, well, aren't all crimes really the same? An assault's assault, a uh, homicide's a homicide. Why do we de need these? Do they, do they really prevent crime? You know, these types of questions. Uh, um, you know, it wasn't going to go anywhere in 2019. We kind of redoubled our efforts. We continued to work with the same groups. There, there was a, you know, hate-free Georgia. In fact, the former attorney general of Georgia, Sam Olins. That's right. Uh, worked for hate-free Georgia uh, a, a, as a lobbyist for, for the bill. And, you know, he wrote a great editorial in, in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution about hate and how he had faced it, uh, being Jewish, uh, you know, running for and even as attorney general of the state of Georgia. And uh, there was a lot of, uh, I think, more of a concerted push in 2020, and then uh, Brunswick, and right. the uh, unspeakable horror of 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 the murder of Ahmad Aubrey. And as as all of us know, that that changed everything. And the bill so rightly so and should have before but then it began to move and you know we were involved with the discussions with the hate free georgia group with adl and 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 uh you know former attorney general 
um, and, uh, and, 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 and others. Uh, and we, there was a lot of, uh, you know, something was going to pass. Uh, you know, we, we felt pretty sure of that. There were some things that, 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 you know, as, as things do in legislation came up that, 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 uh, you know, threatened to sideline the bill. Um, but the concept was supported certainly by, uh, the Lieutenant governor who was running point, I think for the governor and, uh, on this and, and, but there was some disagreement o- over language. Um, and, you know, we were involved and, and did on the night that this was approved by the Senate judiciary, uh, uh, Mara's best friend growing up in Atlanta, who's now in Germany on a Fulbright herself, uh, uh, Audrey Benson, uh, testified on behalf of Mara's voice generally about hate crimes legislation, but also the importance to address all victim classes, including gender, gender identity. And Georgia did so through the terms sex and gender. And there might be some disagree well would sex really cover gender identity do, do those two the those who included it said yes it will and and uh while one could you know argue whether that's ideal or not that that was certainly i believe the the intent so uh you know audrey who's who's again uh you know was was like a sister tomorrow she had the opportunity to to speak and 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 speak very well uh, on behalf of, of of inclusion of 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 gender gender identity and and, and the, the value of a hate crimes law and uh, you know history history was made in Georgia we we did hear from lawmakers who we had talked to the year before express that you know this was the right thing to do and you could ask the question why wasn't it done before but it was done and. It seemed like they, you know, that that there wasn't this. Well, you know, we're we're just doing this or whatever. That 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 I felt it was genuine. That that what happened to Ahmed Arbery, we didn't need that to happen. But it did. It it opened hearts and it changed minds. Indeed, and um, you know, you're you're so right. Um, we sometimes wait. Uh, for events uh, once again to occur uh, in order for there to be renewed uh, momentum. Um, And it's a shame uh, that we've got to wait for those despicable actions. I do want to note that you identified uh, Sam Olins, who's a real great friend of the National Association of Attorneys General, the former AG of Georgia, uh, for his leadership uh, in regards to you know really advocating strongly uh, for the uh, the hate act, their um, current attorney general of Georgia, uh, Chris Carr, uh, is also a strong supporter of combating hate. Um, and I've got to tell you that he has spoken quite passionately on the subject, um, both in context uh, you know with this initiative uh, and otherwise. Um, and so. I think the more that we ask leadership to step up, um, you know, the the easier it is for us to see who's willing to do it and who's not, um, candidly. And we do live uh, in a democracy where the leader should, uh, you know, match our values, including values on the sanctity of life and the treatment of people uh, fairly. 
I have a question about, about diplomacy, maybe going back to the top. Um, you know, Mora's, you know, passion uh, was just the understanding and love of all people. And somehow, some way, bringing people together, uh, which re- requires, as you know, a whole ton of listening. If we're going to really call hate out for what it is, we have to do everything we can to understand it and also do what we can to d- develop ways to dissuade people from, from, from engaging in this and let, let them see that, that there's a better way. And, in, in, um, you know, that's part of it. We, we want to prevent things from happening, not, not just react, as, as you noted. So it's, it, it's an essential part is listening very closely, very carefully, and, and then working to, to objectively try to understand what we've heard, and then we can, we can use that information um, to, to the benefit of, of everyone. One of the people who we interviewed ourselves um, and got to know in the context of uh, understanding more about hate is a gentleman named Christian Picciolini, uh, who's a former neo-Nazi white extremist, um, you know, who literally for well over a decade woke up every day uh, with the goal of causing physical harm, hopefully, uh, to people who worship uh, according to the Jewish faith. Um, And I got to say, Chris made a hell of a transformation in his life. He lost his families. His wife took the kids and left him. Um, And other things happened. And he's uh, been working really hard at doing the hard work of actually listening uh, to individuals who fall into hate. Uh, He describes the the path that leads them there is the lack of identity, community, and purpose. Those gaps often are filled by hate groups who provide their version of identity, community, and purpose. Um, wonder what you think about that. I have seen uh, interviews uh, uh, with him. And I, I, I think his insights are, are from my observation or certainly, and, and of the research I've read and, and talking to people with, with expertise, uh, that is, is so, so true. And in, in thinking about Mara and her life and the way she lived and, and the example of so many others, you know, we need to aspire to, to a better and more decent society so people who, who, who may be alienated don't cross that line, that they can feel, uh, you know, love and, and love and a sense of responsibility toward one another, seeing people as brothers and sisters. We, we need to foster that. And through addressing hate and addressing injustice of, 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 of all types and, and addressing issues of, of, of of, of equality, equal treatment under the law. There's there's a societal responsibility there, and and that's not. Um, I can tell you as as uh, the, the victims uh, survive, survivors of, of 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 things like what happened tomorrow are not naive. That's not naive to tell you. That's necessary. That's necessary to the advancement of, of our society, and and we need to all 
embrace that and and personally, but but also support policies that 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 help prevent people from falling in in into this trap of 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 hatred. And I think this is a great segue uh, to the work that that you and your wife and family are doing around marasvoice.org, uh, a, a really terrific site uh, that I visited. Um, and what I love about it um, is that it's so clearly striving for a world without violence. Tell us about your foundation and what you hope to achieve. You know, in, in the wake of the loss of Mara and, and Dr. Van Bessem and, and, and the injury to the other victims in Tallahassee, we we talked to a number of people about what, you know, what, what we wanted to do. And it just became clear, and particularly talking to the, the leader of our Mara's Voice Fund for Research at Florida State is Dr. Jim Clark. He's the dean of the School of Social Work there. I was introduced to him by a good friend, um, he introduced me to uh, a colleague from the Department of Psychology there at Florida State who was uh, re- does research on the, the incel subculture and talking to them. And we came up with this, that, that we wanted to establish uh, an organization, a movement based on that, the following proposition that research plus education, plus engagement, civic engagement equals change. Um, pretty simple, but I think a, a, a fundamental um, that we wanted to base our efforts in, again, academic and legal research that got to the different elements and as close as we could to the core of these issues. So, um, you know, through the media and to the general public, provide education, provide information to our policymakers, and then support engagement among all people, particularly the young women of Mara's generation, um, because we believe that will be um, a major driver of positive change, of, 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 of positive social change in our country. So, so that was our focus. And, and it was, you know, that this just came to us. I can't explain, but it just was clear that that's what it needed to be. And we immediately met uh, so many uh, wonderful people, so many knowledgeable people, so many people in and around this space and with, with, with efforts uh, of common cause that we, um, you know, kind of sharpened our focus into issues of uh, uh, radicalization and hate groups, online radicalization, uh, the specifically the incel subculture, uh, overall issue of violence against women and girls and have ongoing uh, research projects. Last year for the Florida legislature, we produced a, a research brief on the incel subculture. And it was included along with with, with a white supremacists as a group uh, uh, condemned by the Florida Senate in a resolution, which is not 
a change to hate crimes law, but a very important and I think more than symbolic act. So uh, this year we've we've again have the research brief on uh, hate crimes. We have a a study soon to be released uh, regarding uh, violence against women and girls uh, to establish a, a database and look at incidents of of the, the these and and who the perpetrators are and provide a, a base for all researchers and just the need for this. Um, it just we just saw it and and felt it and uh, you know that's that that's been our focus. We've we've worked with uh, 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 our congresswoman. Our family's congresswoman is Lucy McBath, and she lost her son to a crime of hate. Mm-hmm. Uh, lost Jordan in 2012 in in, in Daytona to a, a racist uh, shooter. And we've worked closely with Congresswoman McBath, particularly red flag laws, the federal ERPO. Uh, extreme risk protection order legislation. That's a, a major uh, area of, of focus for us uh, are uh, red flag laws that can get weapons out of the hands of these people. So uh, we've supported Congresswoman McBath and her work uh, along with Congressman Mike Thompson of, of Sonoma. Uh, uh, HR8 is up today, I believe, in, in the House. Uh, uh, um, uh, the uh, uh, background check bill. But, but our focus again has has been around the the, the need for uh, the inclusion of 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 threat assessment science. I know you're familiar with this. Um, the, the the Secret Service publication in 2019 did mention Mars shooting, by the way. It did get in that because they noted how threat assessment can be used to identify who's dangerous. Because this individual was reported to the FBI, just like the, the the Parkland shooter was, and they judged the report to be non-actionable. Well, through the the, the application of threat assessment science, which is very well advanced, uh, you know, we can do these things. So, so, so we have efforts going in 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 all these areas uh, to support what we believe is a, a kind of a matrix of related. Uh, closely related issue areas around hate and violence in our society. Well, I really appreciate uh, the excellent research uh, that you're doing. Uh, Our team has studied it uh, and uh, are seeking to promote it and encourage others to do the same. Um, Got a question or two before we wrap up. Um, And I'm just, you know, taken aback by what we're seeing most recently with respect to hate offenses uh, directed towards um, the Asian American community. Um, And I'm wondering whether you have thoughts on just the historic scapegoating um, that, that tends to go on in the history of, you know, of, of people, including us as Americans, um, and what responsible people, including elected officials uh, or appointed officials, should be doing to speak out against this broad scapegoating? I'm so happy you mentioned that because um, getting back to Mara and her travels, um, we visited her while she's studying in Germany and we went to Berlin. And we saw many monuments there, many stories told very, very well about how scapegoating of a people 
as the other and scapegoating them for 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 all the problems and 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 troubles and fomenting hatred toward them by people who would have otherwise thought themselves to be decent that story is very well told in in Berlin and throughout Germany so we never forget it and it is something that humanity has dealt with uh, from the beginning of time, we still do. Scapegoating the other is the basis for the growth of the prevalence of hatred. And if you look at our history and look at the monstrosities, it can be released. And I think that certainly had an effect on Mara and her worldview being in Germany so much, seeing that it certainly did on us. And I think People need to realize a hate crime against any one of us is a crime against all of us. And hatred and scapegoating of, of people, of, 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 of Asians, of, 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 of any group, it has to be called out by its name. And when we start to see it proliferate, and, and it's that's been below the surface. There have been hate events against Asian people for for in this country for uh, you know, 160 years, and it never stopped. But now it's become prevalent for for reasons that are that that that, that are just awful uh, to to comprehend. But everybody needs to speak out about it. But our, but our policymakers and leaders have a special responsibility to set the tone and unequivocally do so, and 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 not pull any punches, if you will, in doing so, because I don't think a lot of the public, they can look, oh, this is, this is, this is bad. I saw on TV a, an elderly Asian person get pushed down. This is bad, but I don't know. I don't think a lot of people get the, 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 the real threat uh, of this hatred that's, that, that's there beneath the surface. And when it gets, you know, when, 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 when people who have motives around power, political motives, whatever, foment that hatred, how quickly it can become a, a danger to, to, I think, one that undermines a, a free and decent society. Absolutely. Jeff, um, we're going to wrap up. I just want to thank you so much uh, for sharing your time, uh, sharing you know, your pain, uh, sharing your daughter's extraordinary life, which of course uh, was, you know, cut short far too soon. Um, but in every way and certainly every day, you and your family continue uh, her wonderful legacy and desire uh, to get people together to lessen the violence and increase the understanding. I'm looking forward uh, to having you be on the panel, to be a, the NAG panel in April uh, on the rise of hate and its deadly consequences. That's April 14th. Jeff, the AG community is at its best when it's listening to the residents and the communities in which it works. And it's at its best because it's then when we know that it's our obligation to turn what we've heard into productive action that makes it better 
for everyone. You, my friend, have moved the ball dramatically. Uh, and we look forward to seeing you again on April 14. Please know that the National Association of Attorneys General um, always has a warm spot in their heart uh, for you and your family. Uh, Attorney General Racine, to you and, and, and NAG, thank you so much for this opportunity to tell Mara's story and also to, to help shine some light on, on, on hatred in, in our society and um, what our, our small contribution, whatever it is through Mara's voice uh, to this, we, we can't thank you enough. It's substantial. Uh, thank you very much. And we'll see you in about a month. Take care. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The People's Lawyer. We look forward to bringing you additional insights about the work of state attorneys general, including conversations with individual AGs about important legal issues in future episodes. In the meantime, feel free to visit us at naag.org or email podcast at nag.org.